Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you actually live the life that you love. I'm your host, Amrit Sandhu, international speaker, global coach, and loving podcaster. As a gift for tuning into this podcast, I have something really special just for you. My premium short course, which can teach you how to meditate in just seven days. You can download it now at www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. That's www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. Learn how to meditate in just seven days. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerfully insightful conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest episodes launching every Monday designed to help you live the life you love and keep you inspired to evolve. Have I got your attention? Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. It is such a treat to be here today. We've actually been being here today. Does that make any sense? Consistently for three years, every week, in a row, on a Monday. How are you? <laughs> and to mark this auspicious occasion, we have with us none other than Natalie Hendricks. Natalie, how are you? Delighted. guys this is a very special treat um for myself uh maybe even for nat maybe even for all of those that are listening in that have been following along um nat is a global leader in mindfulness leadership training and she is in more ways than one a mentor to myself and also my wife um not least because of her own relationship with her sadhana um and her biggest claim to fame to date 
is that she was the first ever guest on the Inspired Evolution. <laughs> okay, there was a lot of ego in that, and that was really ridiculous. But nonetheless, she was actually the first ever guest on the Inspired Evolution. And um, yeah, it is just such a blessing to yeah just be here three years on and the ability to have this conversation with you. Um, just the vibes of reflection, the vibes of just, yeah, the blessings of, you know, just being on a journey together, being inspired to evolve together. And I know when I look at my own journey and yeah, even just last week's episode was with someone that was running for the president for the United States. It was just like, whoa, like what has happened in three years? And just noticing that like, hey, like your journey continues to evolve as well, you know, and just to be, uh, yeah, woven on this path together is just such a blessing for myself, my wife. And uh, as, I'm, as, I'm, as I'm talking right now, I'm consciously aware, I went back and listened to the first episode and, uh, <laughs> and the, oh my God, I spent like, I, the whole episode. I did the same me. last night. <laughs> the whole episode, did you get through anything? The whole episode is me just reading out your bio to you. <laughs> and all the tangents, right? <laughs> But yeah, so I spent probably 40 minutes of the, the first hour episode that we did. If you want to go check it out, that'll give you Nat's bio uh, <laughs> and insight into what Nat's about. But um, it was also really, yeah, it was really, I don't know, it was kind of endearing just to see where I was at as an interviewer back then. Because I've listened to episode zero quite a few times, which is like me introducing what the podcast is about. But I never went back and listened to our first ever episode. And it was fascinating that like... I think especially for me, like the content in the podcast as always was amazing. And even just trying to get you on today, I was like, you know, thinking about some of the stuff we're going to talk about. And I was like, well, we're definitely going to talk about values. And I was like, and then I listened back to the podcast. I was like, oh, we talked about values three years ago. And I was just like, ah, oh, damn it. Yeah, go on. You were going to say something. You know, there are many things here, right? Um, and actually the quote, I, I, we spoke on the phone yesterday, the day before, and I shared with you, I was saying, oh, there's this one of my favorite quotes know from the Dalai Lama about fearless compassion and then guess what I mentioned that quote in the podcast I was like oh my god you just repeat yourself <laughs> life is on loop and and hey that was actually something that was like that was really I wanted I did actually want to talk about today was the through line the through line pieces of things um because we talked about this actually on the last podcast as well God. Um, but here we are nonetheless. And we were talking about what like health and peace meant for you. Right. And when you and I were talking a couple of days ago, and I was talking about like how much is shifting around humility for me and just how big a piece it is for me. And we actually both spoke about what health and peace meant to you and what humility meant to me in our first podcast. And this kind of through line that is the expression of our just the, the thread of our being and who we are in the work we're here to do on ourselves when we like kind of adopt a path or a sadhana. Um, and I know I can reflect a lot on what's happened in humility. I was having a chat to you about it a couple of days ago, but you know, how's your journey with health and peace? Like, how's that evolved? What does it mean to you now? I know this is a very big kind of thing, but yeah. Switch place to start, Emirate. Thank you. <laughs> um, where is it? The journey it's, um, is, I think it's, I mean, it's not the same, but, um, Southern is still, you know, as you know well, um, a big commitment I have you know, in life. And um, the last couple of years, you know, because I, I wasn't able to come to Mandala Moments for, you know, in some stage because mm. I made this decision to be up at Brahma Murta, you know, which is just before the sunrise. So 
I think I'm becoming more and more disciplined with my sadhana, which is um, it's really my 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 daily routine and where I exercise self love and I top up so I can show up in my day in the best way possible. So um, health for me is, has always been holistic people holistic. So it's mental, emotional, physical, energetic, spiritual health, and the sadhana is really the the foundation for it. So um, yeah, I think it's same old but maybe a little bit deeper, perhaps, yeah. Mm. And so tell us a little bit about what's going on waking up before sunrise. Why is that special to you? Well, actually, I was going to, well, it's special to your heritage, mate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, I'm a Brazilian here, and I need to now give a lecture about Brahmamurta. Why Brahmamurta is so important. But, um, She's my mentor. So, um, uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, in India, there is this, this concept they call Brahmamurta, which is the time, is a very auspicious time um, just before the sunrise. And without going too much into the de- detail, um, the, the, frequency, the frequency in the planet, the, even the oxygen, you know, the, the, the quality of the air, uh, it's very pure. And, uh, and our mind is very quiet as well because we just hopefully had a, you know, a long night of sleep, you know, a good rest. Uh, we had the opportunity to defrag, you know, to reset our mm. our brain, our mind. Um, so it's very conducive for for the for the meditation practice and yoga practice. The the hardcore yogis they would actually wake up at three thirty, um, which I think has something to do with the body clock and the time of the lungs, which is really good for pranayama. But um, certainly, Brahmamurta is a very auspicious and conducive to to sadhana. And you might, I recall, you know, the, the first time that I heard about Brahmamurta, I remember of, um, you know, back in the days, you know, partying hard as a teenager in my early 20s. And um, sometimes if I would sleep in, um, I would feel more tired than if I woke up mm. really early, even though I had very few hours of sleep. Because when you wake up at Brahmamurta, you can tap into this pool of energy that, um, you know, charge you for the day. Yeah. Long answer. Yeah. I love that. And so there is, um, yeah, I tuning into this what you're, my version. Yeah. yeah. Tuning into what you're sharing about as well. There's a, yeah, like seeks, there's this auspicious hour between four and five that we really believe in. It's like, we call it Amrit Vela. It's actually named after, it's not named after me. I'm named after it. Oops. <laughs> but, um, it wasn't the time I was born. I was born in Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, you went rude. I can hear you. Oh, oh, no, you're back. 
Okay, awesome. Yeah, so there's there's a suspicious time between four and five a.m. and it's really interesting as you start to unpack um, some of these, like you know, and I know both you and I like just revel in. I think. Uh, just, source a lot of joy and happiness from like ancient wisdom, I think is probably the best way to put it. Um, But yeah, there are these times like leading into, Hey, now's a great time to meditate. Now's a great time to nourish. Now's a great time to relax. Now's a great time to just sort of, and keep yourself in a rhythm. And I've saw, seen some calendars recently and I might share one maybe in the show notes around just like the different times at which to do things. And like most of your work, according to like, you know, early science, early wisdom is to try and get it done before midday. You know, after you eat lunch, you know that slump that you go into? Yeah, you're meant to be chilling after that. You know, you're not really meant to be work, work. Yes, that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so um, but yeah, I wanted to I wanted to dive into that a little bit and go, hey, don't you think it's kind of I think it's noteworthy, so I'm just gonna here have this chat with you. Is that every year in February, I go to Brazil <laughs> on my sadhana, <laughs> right? To like just deepen my practice <laughs> into the forest, take a take a guitar, take a handpan, bring a drum, learn to make some music. And uh, yeah, just the, the energy and the spirituality that is there that is, you know, in the forest, um, forest of Brazil is, yeah, has completely changed my life in so many ways. And I'm Indian. So an Indian man is getting a lot from his spiritual practice in Brazil. And here we are talking to a Brazilian woman who's getting a lot in her spiritual practice from India. So there's something to be remarked about here, right? Well, yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. And I keep saying, no, I was definitely Indian my last time, my last, you know, my past life. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if you were Brazilian in your past life. You know? <laughs> Hence, you know, explains the whole thing. <laughs> So, but like, tell me about sometimes how it's interesting, right? Like how we don't always uh, connect to what is directly in front of us all the time in the most, like, you know, like I'm sure there are ways in there, there is like spirituality in Brazil that is available to you, but it seems to be that an Indian culture calls to you more. And I think when I think about today's time, it just feels like a really special time to be alive. Um, You know, we can talk Chinese herbal medicine, we can talk yoga from India, we can talk meditation practices from Tibet, and we can incorporate all these different things into the neo-tribalistic spiritual person that I am, right? And incorporate and build out my own sadhana. Like, isn't that quite remarkable? Yeah, totally. And and two things um, comes to mind, if I may jump in, Emirate. One, it's... Um, in terms of rhythms, you mentioned rhythms and times and calendar. What came to mind was um, Paul Check. Mm. Have you interviewed Paul Check already? No, but I'd love to. Okay, because I can keep, such a keep up with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to ask, you know, have you already did it? Okay, so uh, when I, I need to write it down though. I need yeah, to get please. It and, and please let me know when you do so I can check him. Me, your interview with him. You can check out um, Paul Check. <laughs> yeah, chatting with you. So um, when I did the holistic health coaching with him, I remember one of the, the key things that stayed with me is this no circadian rhythm, you know, topic. And he talks about the melatonin wave, you know, when, mm. how we need to catch the wave when it comes and, and the influence that we have from artificial light, you know, in this day and age, that's the way it is. Um, so I guess my point is, um, and, and he really combines TCM, Western, Western medicine with a little bit of, um, um, his, his mother was a yoga teacher. So I think he taps into Ayurveda, Ayurveda as well, but he has a very holistic approach. 
um, so I don't think that the rhythms um, aspect it's uh, exclusive to you know mm. to the Indian system yeah and so what does it mean to catch the melatonin wave uh, he, so the, the idea is that every hour uh, after sunset mm-hmm. uh, well the back to Ayurveda principles we're supposed to be up with the sunrise and and preparing for bed with the sunset right I mean mm. naturally if, if we follow um, if we follow really how we feel if we're not distracted with external devices we are in, in this day and age mm. and um, so this is Ayurveda and Paul Czech talks about this uh, uh, mel- melatonin wave melanin wave melatonin wave which mm. comes after sunset every hour and there's a very small window that's when you feel very sleepy because there's this kick of the melatonin melatonin wave and if you don't catch if you distract yourself actually it goes down and you don't feel sleepy anymore uh, and then you need to wait for the next hour that's why sometimes you go like ah i really feel going to bed and then you don't yes. and actually you're all awake again so um that, yes yeah. you've mm. just explained so this happens to me every day about nine Mm, mm. so he says catch the wave make sure you catch the wave you know as soon as it comes so you are and then wake up early instead instead of going to bed really late you know and then be more aligned with the the cycles of nature yeah yeah i Mm. I, i'm picking up exactly what you're putting down because i generally find at about nine o'clock i hit this kind of point where it's like okay just everything kind of needs to stop and i'll sort of spend some time just checking a few things and then it'll get to about like 10 10 30 and it's like oh okay well, i could keep going till about midnight and if i get to past that 10 o'clock it kind of gets to midnight no worries you know like it kind of mm. just goes bang and mm. uh, recently i've just been finding to honor that nine o'clock time a little bit more but now i'm starting to understand why that's like the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. and in addition to that there is also i can't remember what are the windows but there, there are so the if you look at the the doshas throughout the day um so we have three doshas right so we have cycles so number of hours where vata is predominant then you have pitta then kapha so i'm pretty sure vata we kick in maybe 10 or 11 o'clock so you have kapha which is the the dosha that would help you to go to sleep so your your body's experiencing kapha let's say until 10 p.m but if you don't go to bed vata will kick in and that's why we have, I mean, my theory, that's why we have the night mm. hours, right? People who works really well at night because butter mm. kick in and then you just get into that uh, mode and then can be productive, but no, not ideal to be up at night, really. For those yeah. that are tuning in to you for the first time, Vata, Pitta and Kapha, can you describe them in English just a little bit? Like just what does, maybe just describe uh, so the, the, the elements, right? So what are the elements yeah. for Vata? Yes, yeah. so those are the three elements used to simplify um, the, how the Indian system um, characterize our constitution, our physical constitution. So um, Vata are the elements of Ita and E. Uh, Pita elements of fire and water, and Kapha elements of earth and water. Yeah, and for those tuning in, I'm definitely Kapha and Pita. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is to have a nice little balance in and around there, right? Yeah, the the conversation around rhythms is yeah is a potent one, and I think not least because um, perhaps of just the time that we're in as well, Nat. Like I've noticed um yeah just i've i like every year in summer i generally you know hijack myself and take myself to europe for a summer or south america for a summer just so i don't have to put up with melbourne winter um usually it's europe in the summer 
Um, and so I get away from Melbourne during this time and due to isolation, obviously, you know, we're kind of locked down in Victoria more so than any other place, um, in Australia at the moment. And it's been really interesting. I'm learning that the last time I stuck through an entire winter in Melbourne, um, was a really challenging time for me personally. Um, but it also was, and it's funny how this goes, right? Like was most challenging, but it was also one of the most, uh, fruitful and rewarding. It was actually three years ago. And that was when the podcast was born. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so something to say, something is there to be said for the cycles. And right now, like Mm -hmm. similar to what you and I were discussing the other day, like my own relationship with myself is changing in such a deep way, coming back to that through line we were talking about like my, my, my relationship with humility is changing and, and I can feel it touch wood in my bones in such a profound way. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing because, and then I, I attribute a lot of that to, you know, the cycles that actually summer, winter, autumn, and, you know, kind of moving through the cycles as they come and go. There is actually like the human being goes through these different expressions, like we're breathing in and breathing out with the earth as well, right? And there's so many gifts to be received, but I think there is with our propensity for the day and age we live in. And maybe I'm just judging based on my own reflection as chasing the sun, you know, just trying to be as <laughs> as expansion oriented as possible. But the the actual winter and the isolation and the hibernation can be quite um, quite healing and just my perspective. Um, sorry, borderline ranting now. But borderline, like you know, with the with the um, with the whole world seems to be going into isolation. It seems like there's kind of mm. like this. You know, we've expanded and expanded, and almost like the industrial or whatever has happened to such a degree. And now just seeing like everybody is coming into cocoon. Everybody's coming in for a type of winter. It's convenient because we're in the southern hemisphere, so obviously I have this perspective. But it feels like, and just seeing how much of the planet can heal, you know, how much nature can just restabilize, like dolphins back in canals, you know, like all these weird environmental effects, which are just, just because we're staying all at home, you know, there's such like a restabilization that's coming and a balance that's returning thanks to the rhythm. Mm. The one thing from your your whole spiel there. Borderline red. <laughs> I think that the word that keeps in my, stays in my mind is the role. So each season has a role. And going back to Ayurveda, now they're big on the, the dinachara is the, the routine, the recommended routine that you have on a daily basis for rebalancing the energy in the body. And there is this other, uh, the, another one that I can't remember the name in Sanskrit, but is the, the routine you have from season to season. So what mm-hmm. to do when between you know, each season um, uh, transition. So there is a role in each season for us uh, to experience and then chasing the sun. It's a privilege we have in this day and age, which is wonderful, uh, you know, and from time to time to do that, but do that on a regular basis. Um, I'm curious and I wonder what's the impact that it can have for us because, you know, winter is a time for nourishing and um, going within. And if we are constantly, you know, avoiding that, that season, um, yeah, I suspect there might be an impact, but just, yeah, side note. Point number two, going back mm-hmm. really quickly, you mentioned about um, me being Brazilian and being so um, identified with the Indian, you know, systems and culture and, and, and vice versa, you being connected mm. with the Brazilian culture. Um, I don't know if it's a disclaimer or I'm getting defensive here, but, <laughs> I, <laughs> but I, I explore my country so much. No, mm. I, I travel so much and, and I 
I'm definitely really connected with um, spirituality in the way we do over there. Uh, you know, yeah, definitely, definitely aligned. Yeah, I, I think, think that's a great I think point. Yeah, I think yoga in this day. In I heard who said that the other day that um can't remember that um Westerners are, are taking over yoga, which is a bit of a shame. It was an Indian person? It's a bit of a shame for I guess um, uh, India in a way because it is and is not because it's almost like Westerners are getting more and more knowledgeable about you know the Indian culture in, in the sense of yoga and Ayurveda uh, sometimes than than locals. Um, and now I think it's almost like a, it's a global asset, you know, mm. so it's, um, it still belongs to, to India, but it's, um, now it's, um, it's permeating, it's available everywhere really. So, um, it's interesting. It belongs, to, it belongs to humanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And yeah, thank you mm. for pointing that out. Cause yeah, obviously I, I definitely cannot discount my heritage. Like it gives me so much like being Indian, being Sikh by faith, like the whole spiritual foundation construct is there. Um, it's more, yeah, when I reflect on what Brazil means to me, it's more the exploration of my spirituality. You know, it's like the foundation is like solidly Indian and it's like, oh, and then creative expression is like what the spirit enjoys. And it's like, okay, Brazil gives so much and so much expression in Brazil, you know, for me mm. to find. So yeah, thank you for, for dialing in that. Yeah. And you see, like, she picks up on the subtle nuances and she just, like, just bang, just makes them, like, real <laughs> solid. Like, so you really understand what's going on for you yourself. <laughs> this is why we love you, Nat. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, I wanted to chat about, um, we're talking about, uh, just before we are talking about Brazil and India, we were talking about rhythms and nature and having actually maybe different uh, aspects of your sadhana kick in with the seasons and, you know, just tailoring your sadhana and your practices for the seasons. Um, one of the things I, I'm not going to, I'm not sure I can articulate this into a question the way that I want to, but I'm going to give it kind of a, a shot. The words that are coming up for me are like mindfulness up the top here and then awareness and then nature, like kind of at the, at the root here. Um, and so what I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, obviously you know, you're an incredible mindfulness teacher and an ama amazing ambassador for mindfulness as well. For anybody that tunes into Nat's frequency, just hanging out with her is just such a blessing, <laughs> you know. Um, we ended up talking on the last podcast about, you know, just random like, okay, well, I got into massage therapy and then someone was like, thank you for the Reiki. And you're like, what? I didn't do any Reiki, but it's, you know, that's, it's Nat's vibe, y'all. <laughs> it's Nat's vibe, touch wood. And um, so the mindfulness in and around there, um, but then also going deeper into, okay, mindfulness is a gateway into awareness. Yeah. But then also that gateway kind of leads us back obviously to our own inner nature. Um, but then also this awareness of the nature and the cycles and the rhythms of the world that we inhabit and how we're living with it. Um, do you find, and I think this is the question I wanted to ask you is deepening your sadhana, deepening your practice, connecting more to your inner nature, connecting to nature around you, finding your way with the world is such a, like, when I tune into your frequency, there's, there's so much going on in there and I learn so much in these conversations that you and I have every time, no matter how close they are together or how far between they are. But then sometimes it's like, oh, and I'm reflecting on my own journey, it's like, oh, but I teach, like, I teach mindfulness. 
you know, but there's so much going on underneath. Like, it's almost like mindfulness is just like the tip of the iceberg. You know, it's like, yep. Like here's a gateway, become mindful and become aware. And then you kind of cross the path of the ocean. And then it's like, there's all this stuff going on underneath. Um, like reflecting just on my own journey, like this weekend I'm giving a talk on resilience and how mindfulness can help with resilience. Right. But resilience is a whole topic in itself, Body right? of itself. isn't it do you know what i mean and it's like but it's like oh what do you do it's like, oh, just... PhD. <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> mindfulness and just this little mindfulness iceberg thing does that ever like you know come up do you ever, i guess the question i'm trying to ask you is do you ever feel frustrated with hey like i just teach mindfulness there's so much more that i'd love to share um does that ever come up for you sorry that's a prickly question but i, I went there uh, mm, um so the question is, um, I teach only mindfulness. There is so much more to that. I'm not saying Can you only teach mindfulness because I've learned so much more than mindfulness from you. So I know you don't just teach, but like. Oh, no. And when you say I, it applies to you as well, right? I mean, yeah. when I say I teach mind. Um, can I park that for a sec? Just on, sure. on your comment before around awareness and nature and so on. I guess um, what comes to mind is that um, I define mindfulness as having two. I mean, three elements, but maybe two major elements, focus and awareness. Mm. So focus in whatever is the object of choice. If it is a person that you're speaking with like you right now. Sorry, I have a pop-up. Uh, oh, perfect timing. <laughs> um, so, Sorry. oh, yes. <laughs> so um, focus if um, whatever is the object of choice, being you or a task that I'm performing. And the, the second object is awareness. And awareness is in relation to what's happening within mm. mind and heart and what's happening around me. So I have, um, so those are, those are the two elements. So when you mention um, nature, for me, that's what came up, you know, that, yeah, you know, increases our awareness to what's happening in our environment, not only how we're dealing with people in a relationship, but even broader than that in terms of nature and, and environment. Yeah. So just kind of addressing that your comment there now to your point on um when you think uh, you teach mindfulness there's so much more um ah oh, beautiful you know what just came to mind this analogy from um uh my very dear teacher pramana he um he's a senior monk in a in a monastery in sydney that i i go every year for good 14 years now and i do silent retreats with him um the other day, in the last retreat, I guess, I went, he, he shared his story. Apparently, the Buddha said that, that a mindfulness is like the, the footprint of the elephant. Because within, inside the footprint of the elephant, it fits the footprint of all the other animals. All the other uh. animals. Like, <laughs> it's, um, it's the... Um, yeah, it, it encompasses all the other qualities, kindness, patience, accept, acceptance, forgiveness, et cetera, et cetera, all, all positive traits. So mm -hmm. how does that link to your point, Emery? Let me try to <laughs> go back. Well, and I think it links very well. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, so permeates so many things. So resilience, unconscious bias, you know, uh, last year I was asked to, to design a workshop on unconscious bias. I was like, that's not really my, you know, in my alley, but I, I thought, you know, according to research, there's a huge link and uh, end up putting together was really well received. So um, I hear you when you say, yeah, mindfulness is just the, the, the tip of the iceberg and can relate to so many disciplines in terms of human behavior. 
um, mm. so many areas, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And Nat, when we last got you on to the show, um, the show, <laughs> the funny thing to call it, <laughs> the podcast, <laughs> let's just call it that. Um, the, we, you had just come back from your yantra um, and, you know, you were, you were transitioning. And where do you find yourself three years from now? Like, how does it feel? Do you feel transitioned into this, you know, teaching mindfulness, being, you know, the amazing that you are? But, uh, but, you know, like, do you feel transitioned into a different life path? Uh, always work in progress, Emirates, you know, mm. it's ongoing. Yeah, yeah. And, and love for learning, it's, uh, it's one of my top values. So, uh, yeah, it's continuous improvement, you know? Yeah. I love that. And how, like, are your values still the same as what they would have been three years ago? Have they changed at all? Mm, pretty much, yeah. Peace, harmony, and faith up there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mine's, and health, yeah. And health. Yeah, mine's, mine's have uh, started to shift a little bit. So it's connection, contribution, and celebration. I remember wisdom was huge for me um, back when I started. Um, but now I feel like connection is, is kind of connects me to the wisdom. Um, and so I kind of, yeah, wisdom kind of dropped down on the list a little bit. Um, it's embedded. I, yeah. In other things. <laughs> yeah. I've been noticing that as well. Like kind of contra- like what celebration means to me may not actually what it means to other people. Like celebration to me is like mm. enthusiasm and vitality. So celebration is actually health for me, <laughs> you yeah, know, I but remember it, it had vitality very big for you as well. So now yeah. it's actually celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also because through C's are easy to remember. Connection, contribution, celebration. CCC. Alliteration. But yeah. And so, Nat, tell us, like, is there something that is present for you that you just find yourself sharing again and again and again? Like, is there some timeless wisdom of yours that we could receive? <laughs> oh, timeless wisdom. Something, uh, a thing that it, it's coming back to me again and again lately, it's, um, it's around forgiveness. Um, it's, yeah, and I'm, I'm, no, I'm doing A Course in Miracles. I'm doing the workbook. Mm. And uh, forgiveness is a big topic in there. Um, and I might, have, I might have shared this with you, but I might actually um, you know, share now with, with the listeners. Mm. So, um, in one of the retreats that I did um, in, in India during my sabbatical in Dharashala, um, was actually one retreat that I was serving. So I was volunteering. I was not sitting in, as um, like sitting as a meditator, but I was there to to serve and, and enable other people to to sit. So we had um, we had a number of other volunteers as well, and we had meetings um, in the evenings to discuss how the day was. You know, any any questions um, or issues to to address for the next day. And I remember the very first day when we had that meeting, um, during the day, there was this, this lady, uh, another volunteer, probably in her 60s. And I remember that this is a silent retreat, right? So you're not talking. Even the volunteers, they're not supposed to talk. Very, very minimal talking. Um, there was this lady in probably her early 60s. And I can remember something very silly, a few things that she did that really triggered me. And I was really irritated with her behavior. Mm-hmm very something very minor to the point that I can remember and um and then in the evening after meditation and the meeting uh, with the all volunteers um the teachers closed the, the meeting with a prayer which goes there are two parts so the first part is um I do 
I do seek pardon. I do seek pardon. I do seek pardon from all of those who I might have hurt or harmed, known, knowingly or unknowingly, intentionally or unintentionally, through my deeds of thought, words, and actions. That was the first part. And then the second part is um, I do pardon, I do pardon, I do pardon mm. all of those whom I have hurt or harmed me um, knowingly or unknowingly, intentionally or unintentionally through their deeds of thought, words and action. I get goosebumps. Yeah, I remember that I heard this and um, I started to have tears, you know, in my eyes because for me, it was like the opportunity I was having to say, I'm really sorry for being a, like a, a bitch. No. Mm. How can I be irritated and having no negative thoughts about this old lady, 60 years old, volunteering a meditation retreat because she did X, Y, Z, whatever it was. Mm. Um, so that was um, yeah, just very simple little prayer about forgiveness. And, I, and what I like it so much, Emre, is because it reminds us that we feel hurt sometimes, you know, people do stuff knowingly or knowingly that hurt us, but we also do. And sometimes mm. we don't know. And not mm. necessarily with what we do and what we say, but even just with our thoughts, mm. you know? So, um, yeah, that's a, a little prayer that I think it's very precious. And I, yeah, try to, you know, go there. I mean, I, I don't really do every evening, but, I have as an intention to, to be a habit to develop, you know, every evening before bed to just, you know, just review that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Forgiveness is, yeah, it's a, it's a huge one. And we had Neil Donald Walsh on, he like, he talked a lot about forgiveness and compassion and it was, yeah, like we don't really realize that like holding on to things that we're trying to forgive is like us holding on to like a, literally a ball of fire like you're burning your own hand. Can you let it go? And it's like, and even just the theory of like, yep. Okay. Even if I understand that, like, yep. Me like needing, like I need to forgive someone for something, but it's so hard to do. And I'm like, no, like, you know, because then I'll drop the charge and then I won't get the outcome that I want. Um, even understanding the theory, oftentimes I found that I, I would not practice it and I wouldn't practice forgiveness. I'd just be like, no, holding this person to account is actually what's, you know, driving me to get a certain outcome from them or something. And then over time, I've come to realize that the triggers are so deep and they're so um, immature where we respond from a lack of forgiveness. Um, judgmental. Yeah. Judgmental. Right. Yeah. And when, we, and when we try to operate from that space with a lack of forgiveness before we take our action, um, it always comes out in a really ugly fashion and a not like it just comes out in a, in a way that it would be so much more graceful if, you know, you, and I've, I've had some experiences recently where I've just had to go, you know what, a really shitty situation has happened, but this other person and the key for me is always trying to see it from the other person's eyes. You know, it's like forgiveness is like, if we tap into compassion and seeing it from the other person's eyes, it's like, they're not intentionally trying to screw you over. You know, they're just in a really shit situation. And sometimes human beings are in a really shit situation where it feels like how I can't even understand your perspective. But nonetheless, you know, like, and I love the kind of Scandinavian outlook on things these days, which is like, let's shut down prisons and just open up therapy centers. 
you know, because only traumatized people commit crimes, you mm. know. Hurt people, uh, hurt people, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, one that. of my favorite ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <People>. That. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's it's fascinating. And on that, like the the invitation around compassion, I, I was reflecting on when I was listening back to our podcast as well. Just what um like you were talking about self-compassion in our last podcast three years ago. And like, I thought I knew kind of what that meant. And it's interesting kind of like maybe today's podcast, the theme is about the through lines a little bit. And I had some level of self-compassion then for sure. But recently, like in the last two weeks, like I've had a massive shift around what, yeah, my own base. And it feels like the the key actually in there is radical self-acceptance. Um, and we talk about forgiveness and there's certain things about just like what I feel like I need people to forgive me for and what I feel like I should be forgiving others on. And just this body of work around radical acceptance has been huge for me. And I was almost, yeah, I was surprised to just listen back to our podcast and go, oh, we were talking about self-compassion like three years ago. And it took like three <laughs> years for it to like drop in. And it's it's really interesting just sort of seeing. And I, I often like take that with some humility as well and sort of realize actually three years from now, this everything we're talking about is going to mean something completely different. You know, like art is subjective to the beholder at the end of the day. And this is just a conversation and what comes out on it. Um, I think that's one of the things I've learned. But yeah, radical self-acceptance um, was, a, was a big topic. And you and I were talking about it just a couple of days ago. Um, and it came actually for me from the Marianne Williamson podcast. That podcast was quite seminal in my journey. Um, and it, it shifted a lot of things around power and love I was sharing with you. And um, one of the things and I've spoken about a couple of times in the podcast, I might just take a quick minute to just share it. So this idea of humility always being like my path and just like ever driving for humility is like a tenant of the Sikh faith is to always be humble. Um, but like, I've got this kind of, I had this kind of push to like, you got to push for humility. Like you got to strive for humility. And I was sharing with you, like that striving is such a, like is such a visceral kind of movement that in the stillness at the back end of all that movement is actually the ego, right? So it's like pushing for humility all the time is not, you cannot discount the ego that you're pushing away from, you know, like you're pushing off your ego to go into all of that humility. And so the conversation from there is like a whole new way is like this way of radical acceptance of just going truly like if you're humble, everything just is bro. Like just relax. There's no need to strive for humility, like be humble and accept and just, you know, the gifts, the bad, everything. And um, I started diving into Tara Brack's book, uh, Radical Self-Acceptance, and it's been a complete game changer. And for me, I read it three years ago, but again, similar <laughs> sort of story to the podcast now, right? Like I read it three years ago and it didn't really land. And now I'm reading it and like every 15 minutes I have to put it down and assimilate what she's just said and like integrate all the wisdom, which has just been huge. But one of the things that came through was uh, this conversation around there being two spiritual paths. Yeah. Um, there's, well, there's plenty of spiritual paths, <laughs> but she said like widely, like we kind of can like widely as a kind of rule of thumb blanket kind of gross statement, there's two spiritual paths. One is this kind of like focus on what's pure and drive towards it and just shun everything else and just keep focusing on purity and keep going towards that enlightenment that you're seeking, right? Just keep pushing for that. And everything else is just in the way. It's not on the way. 
And the other path, the second spiritual path, she goes, is actually it's more feminine. It's a little bit more mature. Um, but it's actually everything that is on the way is the way. You know, it's like accepting that like even my shame, even my guilt, even my ego, like all these things that, you know, if I can just learn to honor and hold space for that, on the other side of that is the liberation and the freedom that I'm looking for. But can I learn to accept it? And we had this really deep conversation, all of that to build some context around me sharing with you that, hey, like I'm learning to deepen my mindfulness practice to not just observe but also allow myself to feel things and not be afraid of feeling things as a, as a tool to allowing them to shift in my practice. And we talked about this subtlety between, yeah, it's great to feel, but don't indulge Amrit. Can we unpack that a little bit further here today, Nat? Like feeling versus indulging. Oh man, I have 50 things. I'm trying like holding back. (laughs) (laughs) You do a great job of it. Okay, I'm going to just go off tangent and you need to bring me back, all right? Because I'm just going to mm-hmm. go pop on. Gotcha. Um, just on, on, on forgiveness before, um, I think the hurt people hurt people. That's, that's one, um, clearly. And um, yeah, the inner critic, the forgiveness or so forgiving ourselves, it's critical as well, mm. right? The, in, in, and I agree, self-radical um, acceptance is the cornerstone of self-compassion. Mm. Um, so to be able to exercise self-compassion, self-love, you need to accept, accept yourself in the, in the first place. Um, and I think something that ha- helps a lot with, with forgiveness. And, and it, the interesting thing is I always, I always um, felt I was pretty good because I, I don't hold resentment and you know, I'm a very forgiving person. But something that I, I, I heard recently is there are so many layers, you know, so mm. many layers. Sometimes you think you've forgiven mm. someone or something, and actually there's a little bit of resentment there. <laughs> Sometimes it comes to the surface and you go like, oh, where is this coming from? You know? The when annoying are, thing is no one will tell you that. Only you can tell you that. Yeah. that it's yeah, as well. exactly. It's like you've got to be real yeah. with yourself. <laughs> yeah. So there are many layers. So there are many layers. And I think something that happens, I guess, what you went on, um, understanding where the person is coming from, it's um, um, reminding yourself and, and, and having the intention to see the innocence in each person, which is, is try to strive to see the, the higher self in each um, brother and sister. Um, and seeing beyond the mask, you know, the ego mask that we all wear, right? Something that I, I realized um, in recent years is that whenever I allow my, my ego to come to the table, and sometimes it does come to the table, people would bring the ego as well, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. If people are bringing the ego to the table, I will bring mine as well. It's like, okay, you're going to wear your mask, I'm going to do the same, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's not the higher self to higher self conversations, heart to heart, it becomes this. So, um, once we are conscious that we are all perfect in terms of higher self, higher self, and we all have this lower self that needs to prove, you know, uh, is competitive and have all these qualities, um, sometimes beneficial, sometimes not so much. So if you keep in mind that we are all wearing masks from time to time, I think it becomes easier to forgive uh, and to judge less, to be less critical and so on. Yeah. Anyway, so close that um if that make any sense um <laughs> it does i'll bring me back where were we <laughs> we were talking about 
when you start to go into that self-acceptance and going into things and allowing yourself to actually sit with things as opposed to just observing things, cool invitation, Mm. bro. But be mindful once again to feel and not to get indulgent in your feelings. Yeah, the two parts from Tara Brack. I, I I agree. You know, and that's the probably the the more um, simplistic part for you know aiming for the good stuff, you know, the the good traits, the the light and so on. You know, and and you know about the knowledge of the light. You now, if you want to get rid of darkness, you turn on the light and then it's mm. gone. So if you want to get rid of arrogance, you know, you cultivate humility. There will be no space for arrogance because there is they cannot coexist. Mm. So that's I think is the natural, easy or more uh, common path. I wonder if what she was alluding to was um, to use those experiences, whatever they are, to teach us lessons. But totally. we need to bring we need to bring the light of awareness because you know, just going through life, if we don't if we don't bring the light of awareness, then there's not much to learn um, mm. in that the second path. Can you just um, recap the second path again? Yeah, it's the second spiritual path. Yeah, it's much like what you're sh- what you're sharing. It's basically, and I'm I'm paraphrasing it. Please, if you want the proper, go listen to Tara Brack's book. It's called the self- Radical Self uh, Radical Acceptance. Um, it's a, it's a quick three hour audio book. It's amazingly well written. Um, but the second path she invites is more just accepting things as they are, right? So even my shame, even my guilt, even my ego, even my darkness. Mm-hmm. And she goes, actually, this is like a path that's been that we feel we like almost a nervous about treading down because it's like, you know, my shame might overcome me, you know, and it becomes like this whole thing. Mm. But she goes in ancient uh, religions, like they've actually made deities for this thing and they actually worship these deities mm. and they kind of go through that as a gateway to actually finding like acceptance and just sort of being like, okay, it is, you know, mm. you're going to say yeah. things. Yeah. I guess, um, I understand that we definitely cannot suppress because there's no point in suppressing any of those um, um, experiences or feelings because they were just no build up and come out somewhere else in another shape or form. Um, mm-hmm. But we need to be very careful not to indulge and swim in it and go like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'll just mm. stay here. Um, and, and that's fine. So yeah, very fine line. It's yeah. a very fine line. Mm. And I'm finding there's also another fine line in the word that you used is suppress. And I find that word to be, um, yeah, very timely that you just mentioned that word. Like you don't want to suppress. Um, yeah, the whole conversation around suppress and acknowledge, you mm. know, and, that, and, that's, and that's actually my rub, which is like humility mm. and like ego. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and once we, we, Put the light of awareness on it, whatever is the feeling, uh, we will notice that it's actually impermanent and it will dissolve. But we need to bring our attention, the light of our attention. So in Vipassana, it's you know in the going tradition of Vipassana, it's very common that you know, and they use by skin a lot. So you have like a pain, you have a pain in the knee, you know, your 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 leg is, is numb. And um, one recommendation is actually just sit with it. You know, yeah, it's a negative feeling or negative sensation. Could be pain or could be anger, for example. So you are not escaping. You're not getting up and going to the toilet. You are sitting with it. Yeah, you are staying there. And if you if you have enough courage and enough equanimity, courage and equanimity to stay, to accept and go like, okay, I'm staying with this. Eventually 
magically you notice that that goes away. Mm. Dissolves because uh, it's not real anyway, without going too much into absolute reality and you know and, and relative reality. But um, it is not real. So uh, if you bring your attention, your awareness, the light of your awareness, the light of your attention, it won't last long. But mm. you need to to be present with it. Um, and when you are, you're gonna you see that it goes and reach a peak, and then eventually it will dissolve. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's yeah. my experience actually yeah yeah same and i'm, I'm, I'm learning the truth I'm, not, yeah. I'm learning that now and one of the things that um yeah uh, just an invitation to actually sit with things on a deeper level and actually be okay with not being okay i guess is kind of the conversation that we're having right now um, which again is probably a timely conversation because of the whole covid situation as well so uh, but, um yeah. but yeah the being okay with not being okay was, um, I was, I was remarking on this with you the other day, which was, there was this, I've just mentioned Sadhguru. I love, I love him. Um, I love listening to what he has to say. And some of this stuff's really not for me, but most of the stuff is like, whoa, that was amazing. And one of the things he said that really dropped in for me was he goes, you're not letting things in and you're setting up boundaries because you don't have a strong core. If you had a strong core, you'd it'd be like water off a duck's back almost. I'm paraphrasing, I'm you know, making it my own now. But and I remember listening to that and going, Oh shit. <laughs> like because <laughs> there are so many things that like even just like I'll I'll notice I'll, I'll like in a room full of people, like I'll sort of feel my way into it. And it's like, oh yep, that kind of feels like my place. Like I'll go over there. And it's like I never really stopped to pause and reflect on like there was an aversion to perhaps this or perhaps this person or, you know, and it's like, why am I putting up certain boundaries? And it's like, and normally it's like, okay, I'm just, you know, looking after myself, but it's like, okay, but there's a whole body of work to be done there in terms of looking after yourself. What are you looking after yourself from? Right? Like, are you destabilized by this certain particular things or like the environment? And it's like the invitation is there to actually cultivate a stronger, a stronger core. And you actually mentioned something about how the sadhana purifies. Mm. I'm making notes because I don't want to interrupt you. Go on. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> dot, dot point one. Let's go. <laughs> um, yes. So strong core. What came to mind is like, oh my heaven, she has no boundaries. Mother mm. Teresa Kolkata had no boundaries. Yeah. I mean, this- these don't people don't need boundaries, right? <laughs> they don't need boundaries. Hug me, hug me, hug me, hug me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we get wow. triggered. We get triggered because we're not perfect. We, we are human beings, ordinary human beings, working, doing the best we can to the best of our ability, you know. Um, but we are working progress. So, yeah, we get triggered. And probably, I don't know, could speculate, but maybe the reason for you know, setting those boundaries could be our fear of being triggered by someone or the energy, the vibe, whatever it is. Yeah. But I, I think those, the other examples, no Christ, I'm pretty sure he had no boundaries. No. Um, so when there isn't enough love, it like really pure unconditional love, I think it's, it's like, it's irrelevant. No boundaries. What's that thing about? No, there's no need for that. So we're not there just yet. Emre. Yeah. Not just yet, no. <laughs> Definitely a work in progress. There's plenty of scaffolding around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's nice to, it's nice to, yeah, just to remark on that. Like it's nice to be able to climb the scaffolding that and also just to look up and just sort of say, hey, 
yo, sister bear, <laughs> where do I put my feet? You know, it's really mm. nice to have your blessings just consistently, not just in my life, but also the life of my wife. Um, yeah, just always guiding us, you know, like in your own. You are my teacher, life. mate. I am, I am your teacher. <laughs> hey, guys, it's her. She's right there. For those that don't know, for tuning into the video on YouTube, she's in the, she's, in the inspired evolution God. in every episode, in every way. <laughs> Are you embarrassed right now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Job done. Oh, man. There is so much we could talk about. One of the other things I wanted to sort of, I've been reflecting on recently, which I think would be kind of cool to talk to you about, but I will be conscious Go. that we will wrap this episode up at some point um, because legitimately Nat and I can talk for hours. Um, I, I, was, I, I bought a book on mudra. Ooh. Oh, you went, you went. So I recently bought a book on mudras and yeah, <laughs> such, a, such a great little topic. So for those that are tuning in, mudras are like, you know, when you, when you see people in meditation, they've got their fingers put in a certain position. Yeah. So Nat's favorite mudra is like this one. Um, I'm a big fan of this one. Uh, if you can see on, on YouTube, then it's like this one. And that's inviting energy in. This is the most common one that we kind of see, which is for downloading wisdom. Um, but actually, like I started researching into mudras and actually even where you, like when you close your eyes and you're in meditation, even where you angle and point your eyes, even the tongue touching the top of the mouth, these are all mudras, right? And it was getting to a point where I was like, whoa, like actually, and you're going to love this because you're a yogi, right? My whole body is a mudra all the time, channeling different types of energy. Like this is such like a such like a bro mudra moment that I had, like a gym bro mudra moment. It was like my body is a mudra all the time. <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, she's she's disappointed in me now. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Like I was I was reflecting on mudras and just like also like the body being a mudra. Right, like, and actually, like the way we, the way we sit, the way we walk, the way we get up, the way we move, and it was like, mm-hmm. oh, like this dance that I'm in with reality and like the energy and the way that I work myself through this 3D reality. Um, just, it was such an invitation to just bring more uh, awareness to it, which I guess is like a yogic path, right? Mm. Yeah, I have no comments. I want to say something comes to mind. And the just other reflecting day, um, on the little. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, um, um, I moved on from a role that I was doing um, a leadership development role, part I mean, a contract with, with a company, a professional service firm here in Melbourne. And then in the, the farewell, um, they did a little bit of an interview with me. And one of the questions was, um, what's the first thing that you, you notice in a person? And, um, and some people, and they were trying to guess what was the answer. And some people still said the smile, the aura. And I was like, Am I that woo? People say, oh, what the hell? And, uh, and my answer was actually the posture, you know, the posture, because it is, I mean, it says so much, right? I mean, without being judgmental again, but you can tell so much about someone's posture, right? Um, Paul Check is huge on that, you know, the, even the um, alignment of the neck with the spine and, you know, so many cues, so many cues. So, um, yeah, I never thought, of, I must confess, uh, Emra, I never thought about, your whole body is a mudra. Yeah. But um, I, I guess I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But you expect nothing less from me, right? So, like, I lived up to your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you're cheering on, by the way. These little insights that I have. <laughs> oh, man. Nat, 
I'm truly grateful in so many ways. Obviously, today's conversation is, I guess, more just an insight for some of the people that are tuning in. Hey, Inspired Evolution Tribe, love you so much. <laughs> um, yeah, just for an insight of what it's like, you know, just some of the chats that we get to have. And we've had these chats, you know, after Mandala Moments, I'll be dropping you home and, you know, it's almost like 2 a.m. after Mandala Moments and it'll be like 4 a.m. and we're still sitting there in the car, like in just uh, the car. You know, freezing, <laughs> just, just just like downloading and sharing and downloading and sharing. It's like, it's it's like this all the time. Um, but it's, it's yeah, it's really a blessing just to be able to share and even just the Inspired Evolution holding space for, you know, a brother and a sister to just connect and share their vibes with the world. So it really means a lot to me that, you would say yes to be here. Also, just the space that you hold consistently in my life, in my wife's life, in Kay's life. Um, just the love and the grace with which, yeah, you just are always, you know, egging us on and just wishing us the best. It means so much to us. But also, like, if I can get a little bit metaphysical about it, like, um, <clears throat> it's not lost on me that it, you know, the first ever podcast um, was with you, you know. Um, there was a reason it was so important for me to, you know, start the podcast off on such a note um, when what the inspired evolution means to me in my heart, you know, always being growing, 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 you know, and just, yeah, like three years on, I feel like you and I could almost just do an episode every week and I'd still be, you know, downloading more and we'd literally be having conversations that would facilitate that growth. And not least because you do so much of the growing and the work on yourself, like you embody it, you know, it's not just about, oh, these are great ideas, but you're actually the embodiment um, of the ideas and the grace with which you walk that out into the world is truly inspirational for us. So in many wacky ways and all the good ways and all the blessed ways, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your time here today. Thank you for sharing yourself with us. Thank you for teaching us, Emerald. I really, I was reflecting on it, uh, how anyone can be our teacher, right? I mean, people that you meet on the street, you know, and, and say something to you, they can teach us. Um, totally. Now that I'm, I'm teaching, um, I was invited last year to, to teach at uni, which completely unexpected um, teaching. And um, it's like master's students, and I, I call them kids, but they are like mid-20s. They are like adults, right? But in my mind, they are like kids. And I remember... <laughs> Um, marking their assignments um, I was like oh my god some amazing stories and, and, and lessons very mature and very inspiring stories from these kids so mm. um, anyone really can be our teacher having said that you mate with your journey you know it's been absolutely ridiculous you know I remember and I, I, need to, I need to go there this is a public conversation right it's not just me and you but I don't care you know <laughs> so I, I still remember and I think it's valid to share I remember what was the first one that I went like what's going on here I heard um oh was it I Dr. Martini when we're talking yes, about values <laughs> yes yes because uh, we spoke about values I still remember when I was I think I was back from my sabbatical I was in a tram coming back from work come back from the city and you called me and I, I still remember I was in the, the very end of the 96 tram and we were having this chat and, and I said something about what are your values you know and we had this values conversation so um when I heard, uh, received the newsletter uh, from uh, Inspired Evolution um, and I started listening and you were talking about values and I was like, ah, oh, how cute, Emirates talking about values in his podcast. Now, feeling like the teacher in the field, <laughs> you know, and then you come and you, you start like introducing Dr. Joe Martini. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh my 
God. I was so proud. You know, look at this. And then, uh, of course, I now can't keep up with you. And then I think the next one that, that I went, I was like, um, that one I think was in the, the Dr. Giamatini was in the, on the phone. Uh, and this one I think was on the laptop. Because I remember having, I mean, seeing the screen, um, you in one side and Ekato in the other side. I was like, again, <laughs> hanging out with, with Ekato. And, uh, and yeah, and then, of course, last not least, now I, I received an SMS from you this week or last week. This week, right? This week, last yeah. Week. This week. Feels like ages ago already. You know, breaking up the news that you interviewed Marianne Williams. And, and, um, <laughs> I knew that one would mean a lot to you. So that was like, and yeah. yeah so oh, um, no. I guess um, uh, my point is um, it's been um incredible, you know, journey that you've been on and uh, learning so much from you. And um, I, I, I don't have words to describe me. It's way beyond proud, you know. Uh, oh, when I listen to the, 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 the podcast and, and I listen to the, the, la the last couple of ones that I actually I listened yesterday over lunch um, and the rest at the end of the day with um, Kamal. The, um, uh, yeah! yeah. And the depth, the depth of the conversation. I was like, go Emirate. You know, <laughs> and, and he was in love with you. He ah, like, he's love. He's love. So he's in love with everything. He's loving himself. He's loving everything. So, he, was so, he, he was feeling so loved, you know. Uh, there was so much gratitude because he clearly he could see all the work you did researching him and truly understanding and putting his teachings in, into practice and having these insights and transformation. So, yeah, you teach all of us. So we're very grateful. I wish you keep um, uh, very healthy and high energy for Yo! many, many, many decades to come. First. Doing your all work. the blessings. <laughs> so you keep uh, doing your work and blessing us. Yes, because um, mm. not only your generation, but many other generations need your work. So, yeah. Much word. Thank you for your blessings, man. Mm. They mean the world to me. And <laughs> even as you're sharing that, I just, I can't help but get out the image of like, I remember it like legitimately like it was yesterday or like even earlier this morning, me getting in the car. I was meant, I was at work. I took, I, I literally, I, I, I wagged work. I basically, I don't know, called it. I can't even remember what I did, but I, I left work for, for half a day and I drove around to your place, had my big bulky laptop at the time, had my first ever podcast microphone. We sat in your living room and I'm just like, okay, okay, checklist. <laughs> press, don't forget to press record. I've been to the bathroom and I was like checking through my chair and just going through my chair. And had my I'm little, like, what are we doing? Okay, short. And I kept you for two hours and you were so graceful through the whole, whole process. So... It's been, yeah, it's been such a trip. It's been such a journey and it just, yeah, like, you know, one of the things even just in coaching, I get to, you know, the embodiment piece is really profound because it's just like, hey, like, you know, three years ago, I had no idea what was going on, but I was just kind of inspired to let go and just trust everybody was like, do a podcast. I didn't want to do a podcast, but I sort of surrendered and just kind of followed the signs and the path and did it. And when we think about transformation, it's like, dude, we feel like it like 10 years from now, we're going to be someone different, you know, but we don't actually know how to actuate that. And my dream was to be an international speaker. Like that was my dream. And I still in my head feel like that's my dream, like international speaker. 
but it already happened like a year ago. <laughs> and I still kind of like my dream is to, it's so bizarro, you know, like how much can happen in just a year, two years and three years, like in the day-to-day living of it doesn't feel like that long. Like it feels like just yesterday I was coming to see you. And then, you know, with intention and clarity as you advocate, so much can happen. Mm. Yeah, not but. And I think you need to um, own and um, take the merit as well. Because one thing that came to mind before you mentioned the one year, uh, the dream of becoming an international speaker was, um, I remember I have a career coach that she's, um, I work with her on and off for a good 10 years now and um when i decided when i decided to um leave consulting it consulting back in the days i remember in one conversation she said something that really stayed with me she said that um uh, people often um um, overestimate what they can do in one year and they underestimate what they can do in five Mm. and at the time my dream was to become a part-time yoga teacher and a part-time you know working in it which is very cute when I look back now. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounded like it had a little bit of self-judgment in there. <laughs> I love you. You can love you. <laughs> and uh, and I, can't, I can't remember how long it took me to, to know to do that. But uh, you know, that was the dream because you know, that's, that's what I could think of. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, but I think that's probably could be maybe average-ish. So, I would say that, um, you know, everything that you achieved Emirate, in those three years is a result of putting a lot of energy, consistency in your commitment to, you know, to the podcast, to, I remember I have seen, you know, sometimes you're overseas and I still receiving this like, oh my God, he's overseas and he's still he's finding someone to somehow, you know, commit and, and keep up with his word to publish every Monday, even Christmas. I don't know. I'm, I, I've seen his like he's some random days like he's not giving himself a break. No, no, super committed. So I think the results you are getting, it's um for those who are coached by you, you know, <laughs> the effort, you know, it doesn't come it doesn't come for free, you know, it's the result of your commitment. Yeah. Thank you That's for reflecting that back. Yeah, it's yeah, consistency is there's some magic sauce in it. There's some magic sauce in it that no one talks about. And thank you for reflecting that back to me. It's yeah, I just feel like people expect especially our generation just to just to sort of lay all the cards on the table i feel like with technology the way we are we're like attention deficit i think everybody has a little bit of add for sure you know yeah and it's just like but and that just means like oh i tried podcasting or i tried something for three months my business failed in three months it doesn't work you know um and one of the one of the things my dad said to me very early on i was like a young kid is like you know if you've got a good business expect to see a return in three years i was like what three years and then when I started with the podcast and like this year, finally, like this podcast is actually bringing in income for the first time, touch wood. And it's kind of like doing its own thing. And it's like, oh, cool. Editing team. Yeah, it does. Like, it does everything on its own. And it's like, this is awesome. Uh, but prior to that, it was me like working and then putting money into it, me working, putting money into it, but kind of having that temperance of like, yeah, three years. And from the outset, I gave myself a 10 year sort of window. I was like 10 years, anything I've given myself 10 years, given myself of two for 10 years has turned out reasonably okay you know if not somewhat better than okay yeah (laughs) there's not 10 years just yet it's six months from now (laughs) almost 10 years that's my wife (laughs) she's amazing she was amazing from the outset (laughs) i got lucky touch wood but um but yeah just just that opportunity to sort of okay go like yep 10 years and let's just see where it goes but 
it's also not lost on me like while we're having that conversation back to the first conversation you and I had we ended up talking about how you know like you did some like when you're when you were doing some of your practices you felt energized right like you felt energized rather than people like oh you just expended some energy and it's like yeah I expended some energy but I was doing this thing and I felt energized after so much back Right. And you and I are much the same in that way, sister. Like when I tune into it, like having these conversations, like just how much has shifted for me from last week's conversation, how much more consolidation I'm getting from this week's conversation with you. Like it's hard not to do it. Like, yes, I made a commitment to myself, but the the good juju and all the good stuff that comes in on the back of that is, mm. you know, and now like that's why I'm such a massive proponent for helping people with their podcast now, you know, it's like my little team of the inspired evolution team is now turned into like a podcasting agency for other people's podcasts just because it's, it it's given me so much, you know, and it's just, it's, oh, I can't even begin, but that consistency, thank you for reflecting it back. But also it's when you love what you do, the energy arrives and it keeps filling up your own cup more and more and you get addicted to it. So you just keep filling up your own cup, right? <laughs> a vicious cycle. <laughs> the vicious cycle of uh of yeah purpose and health health and purpose being on health being on purpose <laughs> on that our gratitude has gone for longer than the podcast has gone <laughs> i'm not surprised i'm not surprised so i just want to thank you for all the beauty you bring into our lives and thank you for all your blessings and thank you for everyone tuning in to such an amazing episode of the podcast. Congratulations to all of us, I think. And okay, a little bit to myself. Three years of podcasting every Monday. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I would have been able to congratulate myself if it wasn't just you on the other side. So thank you for holding space, Matt. And uh, yeah, three years of podcasting and I can't wait. I really cannot wait. I'm enjoying the journey every step of the way, but I really can't wait to see what the next three years holds for, for myself. And uh, Looking forward to having you back on sooner rather than later, Nat. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you. Can I um, share one thing? Yep. Is that okay? Yep. Um, I This morning during my sadhana, um, um, I might actually ask you, um, have you interviewed Sean Korn? Sean Korn? No. No? No. Good friend with Marianne Williamson. Okay. Maybe add to your list. Cool. Um, she, um, yoga teacher, she's a founder of, uh, off the mat into the world, mm-hmm. um, which is around, um, you know, bringing yoga in action. So social activism through yoga. It's pretty, Love it. pretty interesting. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, long story short, I, I'm going through a program that I had, uh, from her for a long time, but I'm, I'm going through uh, right now. And this morning in my Southern, I'm, uh, I came across this little prayer that I thought was really beautiful. And I thought oh, that could be a good one to share and share with Emirate. And oh, else. yes, yes, please. Yeah, is that okay? I'm reading to prayers these days. And um, yeah, I bought um, this book from uh, Marianne Wins called Illuminata. Absolutely beautiful book. It's only with prayers. No, she's such an amazing prayer. Um, yeah, prayer. Anyway, so the the prayer goes like this. So this is from Sean Korn, right? Um, and it's related to to the Anahat um, chakra, the heart chakra. We give thanks to God for all souls we who have crossed our paths, who awaken us to love, who provided the life lessons that deepen our compassion. May love influence all of our choices and deepen our relationships to each other and to this planet. May we have the grace to move beyond our story 
our resentment and embrace instead the healing energy of forgiveness. Always. May love define our humanity. May truth express our divinity. May God bless each moment and all beings as one. May love prevail and may peace be its blessed consequence. Thanks for listening in to another amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. If you're loving these episodes, make your way across to YouTube, click subscribe. Fresh episodes are launched every Monday with highlights being released throughout the week. Thank you so much. And hey guys, just so you know, a lot of love, heart, soul and work goes into these episodes. So if you could, please leave us a five-star review and comment on iTunes. I love reading your positive feedback. It fans the flames of the passion to continue to create and help you live the life that you love. Thank you so much for your wonderful feedback. I can't wait to see you again in the next episode. Big love from Amrit. And remember to stay inspired to evolve. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.